I saw a video on Facebook that really caught my attention and it was very compelling and even caused a little tear to come in the corner of my yeah. eye. Really? I thought, this is a good video. Just before I hit share. I'll, I'll get a, I'll, well, you're not getting out of that easily enough. I'll come back to it, mate. James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Welcome back, listeners, to the Freedom Ocean podcast. I am one of your hosts, Timbo Reed, and right there is Jimmy James Shramko. How are you, buddy? I am good, and you've got a cold. I have. I have got the Rod Stewart's happening. Mate, um, one of the great quotes, uh, just before we hit the record button, uh, from your good self, which um, somehow we will find an, uh, an internet marketing spin, but you said, Mashed tate mashed potato was surprisingly simple to cook. Are you expecting it to be pretty difficult? Well, I had I didn't know. So I've been trying new dishes and these days uh I did the same when I want to try a new drink. I'll just uh use the iPhone and I'm sure a lot of people do this and I type in what I want and then mm. the recipe comes up and I follow it. Yep. But yeah, I d- I've never cooked mashed potatoes before, and I found out it was extraordinarily easy to do. But yeah, I mean, listeners are wrapped, and uh, this is just a, a com- combined sigh of relief. But what part of the mashing do you th- did you think may have had a degree of difficulty? Well, I didn't know how long to cook it for. Ah. I know, you know, like I just followed Type the instructions, like cut it into pieces, boil yeah. the water for fifteen to twenty minutes, drain the water. Mash it. I didn't have a masher, but the, I'd soften them sufficiently to be able to use a wooden spoon. Jimmy, you're a, sim- you're, a, you're a simple man, and that's what we love about you. I'll give you the learning here because I've just come back from Mackay in Queensland where I spoke to a wonderful group of um, business owners, small business owners, as I often do every week, somewhere, some, somehow, somewhere. And most people have this limiting, and I'll say business owners, have this limiting belief uh, around the fact, and including me, around the fact that something in regards to the marketing of their business is actually going to be really difficult. And if we talk specifically about the kind of, I call it modern marketing techniques that you and I talk about, as soon as you say to someone, video marketing or pay-per-click advertising or search engine optimization, you can see the eyes glaze over. But when they actually, in my experience, when they actually get up the bottle to um, have a crack, they go, oh, you know, that wasn't as hard as I thought. Well, I guess I'm used to expecting things to be difficult and that has been uh, part of the reason I get stuff done because I'm under no illusion that everything's going to be easy. But that will be the topic of today's podcast. We'll be talking about how website owners can make their website easier for customers to use because I've been going through a few redesigns lately with um, my websites and a lot of our customer sites and there's a lot of things that we've we've been sort of adjusting and changing that I think would be nice to pass on to listeners so they can see what's happening behind the scenes. What do you think? Yeah, no, great, mate. I, in fact, it was one of the, um, in this keynote I gave a couple of days ago, uh, I shared some characteristics of a high performing website. So, uh, it would be good to, uh, and there are lots of them, you know, but, uh, if we were to maybe focus on, you know, I don't know, depends how long we, how long we've got, we could go forever on this. This is a full day workshop, Jimmy. (laughs) <laughs> now, you probably won't plug it, but if someone wanted to book you for a keynote speaking engagement, how yes. would they go about that? Go to well, That's a very good question. Thank you for that. Nice leading. Timreid, R-E-I-D dot com dot A-U is my speaker's site. 
and um, people can go and check out the topics that I cover and um, who I've spoken for and some testimonials and all that type of stuff. Uh, or they can hit me up at tim at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. I wasn't expecting that plug. No, I know, but uh, I'll tell you why I mentioned that because this podcast is a great podcast and our listeners love it and we've got to listen to comment later on. Yeah. And it has to be good value for everybody involved. So there you good go. Idea. I, just, I know you love your keynotes. I do love so, my keynotes. Here's the thing. And, do you know there's a I, great can – I, can I interrupt? Yeah. There's a great quote. Uh, I love my keynotes. I like public speaking for a couple of reasons. One is I like I like to teach and to share knowledge. That's number one. Number two, uh, it's, it's actually also a very good business model for me. Uh, I don't like sitting down in front of the computer anymore for long periods of time. I love wandering around a stage. There's also a great quote from Barry Humphreys, the famous – I don't know. What is Barry Humphreys? Actor, uh, thespian, just... Uh, I think he was an advocate for the great uh, Toyota Avalon. Uh, <laughs> he was, wasn't he? He's David. I found out when I uh, purchased one recently for a family Right. Uh, he's, he's kind of... He's David Neverage, all that. Wonderful actor. He says about being on stage, he, he says, at loan, at last. And that's exactly how I feel when I'm um, presenting. You know, the rest of the world disappears and you're 100% focused and present, or I am, uh, on where I am at that point in time. So anyway, mate, I digressed. Talk to me about high-performing websites. Okay, so one of the things that I want to talk about here is a, a favorite quote of mine, and perhaps we'll get one of yours, but there's this quote called, perfection is achieved. Not when uh, uh, Perfection is achieved... Not when there's nothing more to add, but when there's nothing left to take mm. away. Something to that effect. And it's from Antoine de Saint Exupéry. Oh, gee, your, your, like that. Yeah, elocution and execution of foreign I languages. Googled it, so it's bear good. with me. Oh, oh, by the way, just on that Google thing, when you start uh, making something like a Long Island iced tea, that's when the little Google recipes really start to kick in because it gets a little more complex than mashed potatoes. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so. With our sites, we've been, uh, and including Freedom Ocean, so we've probably used that as an example. One of the major changes we've made recently is changing over the commenting system. Uh, we were using the WordPress built-in comment system, and we've changed to uh, what, what I probably call Discuss, and you probably call Discus, discus yeah. and I, I used to call Discus, and I don't even know what it's supposed well, to be called. Well, it's D-I-S-Q-U-S. So, um, yeah, so whatever that is. Poorly named. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. So we've changed over to that system, which um, I'll, I'll talk about why we did that. Um, we did that because it makes it easier for the listener to make a comment and mostly because people could just use their Facebook or their sign-on with something they've already verified without having to put in their name and their website and then uh, submit. So it requires less fields. It also has other advantages too. There are options that can allow it to share between other sites. I don't use that one because it involves other sites sharing on mine. But it also has a related uh, posts widget that pops up at the bottom of the comments that steers people back into other parts of your yeah. website. So from a relevance and navigation point of view, that's cool. It's also – it appears to be free. I, <laughs> I haven't been billed yet, yeah. so I don't know if there's a cost, but – uh, other things, it has an email subscribed to the feed and it has an RSS feed. And from an SEO perspective, all of these comments are SEOable, they're searchable, they're popping into the code on the page. So it's when the search engine is looking at the site, they are looking at the comments. And now if it's easy to comment and you get more comments, then 
you're getting better SEO results. Plus, it looks like someone's actually interested in your site. So the more comments you get, uh, the more active it is, the more your relevance is, the more the conversion should be. And another thing is you can moderate all of your sites from one control panel. So we've gone and put this on Freedom Ocean and my other podcasts and uh, the the main one I tested it on first was super fast business, and the first mm-hmm. one I put it on had forty three comments, and that wow. that's like off the Richter scale compared to normal. Now, just a little extension, we've custom coded our sites to show the comment bubble on the homepage. Yes. It's really important to let people know that there's a discussion going on before they even have to dig into the post. Because if you go to the homepage and you see forty three comments, that can really encourage more engagement. So from an overall website point of view, we want people to interact with our site and we want it to be easy for them to make the comment and we want it to be easy for us to moderate and manage those comments. So I was able to import all the old comments with an importing wizard. I installed this myself. I didn't have to get my team to do it. Harder than mashed potato or easier? I'd say that it was... Slightly harder than mashed potato, but uh, easier than a Long Island tea. Yeah, right. Okay, that's a good. Good. Uh, it's a good range. So it's, I'd say uh, it'd be fine for our average listener to go to Discuss, create an account, add their website, go to their website, upload the plugin, install the uh, just mention the name of their site, and then import their comments, and then it's live. That, that's what happened for me, and I did it three or four times, and I was pretty satisfied that it was all good. It's interesting podcasting and commenting. Um, we've got we've I, I, look. I don't know. I don't think there's a magical number as to what you get in terms of comments per show. I, I know there isn't, but um, I feel that podcasting generally has poor conversion in terms of commenting because people are out and about. Generally, they're walking the dog, they're commuting, they're in the car, they're in bed listening to a podcast uh, versus video where you're generally or you're leaning into the screen, so you can you can be there immediately and comment. Well, I think importantly, they're listening to it on iTunes or Apple TV or Stitcher. So on our show, we're generally getting about a dozen comments. Yeah, yeah, and that that would make sense. You know, they range between five to nineteen, and that's that's good. These are the sticky fans. The the um, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. These are people who are interested. Yes, well, they're also. they're also internet savvy. So I, I interviewed a guy recently on small business, big marketing, where I had um, he uses Facebook entirely as a an employee recruitment tool on his physio. He has a physio business. He recruits physios around Australia, uh, around Victoria, and he uses Facebook. The engagement uh, and it's his only employment channel. The engagement is incredibly low. The comment. He's also got a very strong blog in terms of a popular blog about workplace having a great workplace. He's got the fourth best workplace in Australia, rated by BRW magazine, but he has very little feedback. And it's because his cli- his clients, which is prospective employees, physios, are very introverted and they're not inclined to like things. They're not inclined to leave comments, but he still gets great traction. Yeah, well, I've been looking at stuff like how many people share them, how many comment. Had a fascinating thing happen yesterday or the day before on uh, my other podcast, Think at Get. We published an episode called Sex, and it had Woo! it had the most downloads uh, off yeah. the bat. Like, well, we're ba- we're basic. We're human beings, right. but not as many comments as normal. <laughs> we, we normally get you know seventeen, eighteen comments. Uh, it was like three. So it depends on the topic. Did I just, did I just cough into the microphone? Yeah, then go for it. Have a, have a little <laughs> cough. Get it all out. Lovely. 
Yeah, get it out. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, that's basic. Sex sells. Uh, you know, no, like, but they listen, but they won't comment. So my, my main point is around the, the comment power of the topic is how comfortable people yeah. are for other people to, to know that they're commenting on this. So when we, when we have a look at um, the shares, uh, interestingly, people will share it but not comment on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. It's like, oh, have a look at this over here, but I'm not going to put my opinion in on it. Uh, but, but again, it's slightly down on the shares. Putting these social widgets and ability for people to comment is very important now. So a lot of our episodes, we're getting you know, 70 or 80 people sharing these episodes. And uh, that means that when they push that button, it's popping up on their Facebook wall and it's helping other people find our information. So let's just untack this and make it simple because that's the promise. Mm. If you have a website where you're posting content to it fairly often and it's useful information, then have a go with a commenting system like Discuss and put some sharing widgets on there. But mm -hmm. if you have a product-only site or a sales page or something where you're not getting comments, I would consider not having the comments turned on at all. I would turn them off, especially on pages if you have sales pages or comparison pages because you want to steer people into the customer yeah. support. You don't want people asking you some bad questions on your pages. You want people who are commenting and endorsing and mm. uh, really ramping up the, the the social aspect of your site. So the, the blog system is really good for that. It's amazing, mate. I was um, It still freaks me out how big brands still aren't getting this whole – uh, conversation thing on their on their sites. A couple of examples recently. One is my bank in Westpac went down. Their their site went down last week quite uh, often. You know, for days it couldn't do internet banking. I was hitting them up on Twitter, uh, not getting a response. Um, and then another one, a magazine that I read in my newsstand is T Three. Do you read T Three, the gadget magazine out of the UK? All right, just uh, exactly that full-on high-tech gadgetry and you would think that and they've got a podcast and they've got a blog and there's just all there's this stream of comments on their on their blog of which they just haven't answered and it's, it starts off people asking questions about a particular podcast episode or a particular blog post and then it just kind of drizzles into where are you you know wtf why aren't you guys responding you're a high-tech brand you can't even respond on your site so if you are going to put these plugins on your site I suppose it's pretty incumbent upon you. You're, you're the better responder than me for free to motion, but we do respond. Yeah, and now I've got them in one place. It's even easier. It seems to – even if you're on other people's blogs and they're using Discuss, you can actually track you know, your comments and other people's comments. Like it's, it's a management system for comments for people who yeah. are right into this stuff. Okay, so other elements. Let's talk about other things that we can do. On most of mm. my sites, we have a search box. I think this is really important. Make it easy for customers to find what they want. People who use the search box are more interested in something specific and if they can find it, then that's going to increase your conversions. So we build that into it. Yeah. Uh, they've got to work. So often they don't work. I've just tried ours. It does work. I just did a search for uh, something and it's come up. But, uh, gee, sometimes those search boxes are pretty ordinary. Yeah, well, these things can be powered by plugins. Like there's actual plugins that you can help boost the results from these. You can use uh, a Google. Yeah, Google have one thing as well. So you got to pay sure for the works. Google one, don't you? Uh, I, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Mm. Right, because it's a, that's a, I mean that'd be the best one because you, you're basically using the Google search algorithm, aren't you, to you, to index your site? Yeah, 
That's right, and they're pretty good at that. Yeah, they are. So, <laughs> uh, but put a search box. Our, our site's quite quite a simple site. The other thing is when you're uh, – so we'll move on. When you're asking for opt-ins, these days, most of my sites, I'm just asking for an email address and we have a sort of a contrasting button to, to – um, and it's me focused because when people click that, they're only thinking about themselves. Yep. So send me alerts. Yep. So I like to display that on every page. Just uh, the the best place we found is above the the you know just below the banner and above all the content. Above the content, and, yeah. And you'll see that that's on uh, most of my sites. And a lot of my sites, you'll see this little yellow thing popping up when you scroll down. That is a plugin called Dream Scroll Triggered Box. And it's, nice. it's free, and it gets the most opt-ins of all. It's an f- absolute killer. For, yeah. um, it, it really gets the opt-ins. Again, we're using a contrasting button and just asking for a simple field and giving a little bit of uh, copy there. But the, the thinking around that one is that it only shows when you scroll far enough to see it. This is a great internet marketing play, uh, and we've talked about it a number of times, but Gosh, mate, it's a, it's just a wonderful small business play. If any, I don't care if they're a locksmith or a, a vet, you know, having this ability to capture details is just a damn good play because it's it's based on the premise that their sites aren't they're not eBay or Facebook. It's not as if people are coming back to them every day, every hour. They're not. They might come once or twice, check you out, and never come back. So. What a good idea to at least capture their contact details in order to have an ongoing conversation with them. Yeah, exactly. And you know, unless you're a one-time business, which is a dangerous business to be in, get, <laughs> build up the list. I mean, the, the list. What do you What do you mean a one-time business? Well, I was thinking stuff like um, weddings, funerals, and oh, okay. solicitors, where typically someone's coming <laughs> to them when they have a specific thing and they might need it once in their lifetime. Yep. Um, so. I yep. gravitate towards recurring businesses. I like services that people continually need. I like coaching and stuff like that. Even though it's a little more work, it's you build that relationship and it's just ongoing relationship over and over and over again. So there you go. Okay, good one. Yes, give us. Let's do two more, Jimmy. All right. So uh, another thing is just like just take away, just remove stuff, remove superfluous stuff on on our sites generally, um, and it's it's not. So much the case on uh, Freedom Ocean because it's uh, more of a social site. But we're not running widgets for Facebook or social sites on our thing. Oh. I'm not putting links off to Google+, Facebook, Twitter. I will put a link to iTunes for a podcast, uh, but I've generally taken away things like RSS feeds. I'm not trying to get people away from the site. They've just got to the site. The point for most of my sites is for the people to click on the product tab so the product tab will always be heavily featured on my sites probably a better example of this would be super fast business because that is the the masthead traffic site in my network and the purpose of that site is to drive people to something that they can actually buy either want an opt-in or a purchase so why would i send them off to my facebook my goal at facebook is to bring people back to my site so they get stuck in this silly loop so by just stripping yeah. away options take away the rss widget if someone knows what rss is they're already going to be able to find it if uh it's you know you take away the um facebook or the twitter or the google plus or the youtube because those places are to send people back to your site in accordance with what i call own the race course so there you go. On your site, just have the most wanted action 
clearly prominent and make it easy for people to find it. So it should be what we call above the fold. It should be visible without having to scroll and it should probably be on every page. So the, the main place you can tell that I've been working on this is on my navigation. There's a tendency for people to have way too many navigation links, like all across the top or, you know, oh, like yeah. a thousand rollovers. Drop downs. Yeah, I've got like rollovers. four things on mine. It's, yeah. it's home, products, about, and contact. And that pretty much, yeah. and then there's search. That's it. Yeah. Now, people can find the products. That's what I want them to do. <laughs> they can find out more about me if they don't know, but on even on the home page is a picture of me. And a, and a description and a little bit of social proof and then they can click in to find out more because people online like to know who they're dealing with. And then the contact is for people who just haven't found whatever they need but but they still want to engage or to ask you if there's something else. The the fold's an interesting one, mate. I, I'm, I've been in two minds and the more interesting uh, WordPress themes come out, the less I kind of think about the fold being really critical. The fold being that bit of the bottom of your screen it's an old newspaper term, listeners, for where the newspaper was folded, sat on the newsagent's desk uh, counter, and the best headline was above the fold, so it made you buy it. But, um, gee, there's some good WordPress themes that have these scroll downs that if you actually get your copyright and get your content right, then you can't help but just continually scroll down and down and down. I, I like them. I'm not sure they're great for SEO. Have you got a point of view? Well, again, SEO mightn't be the perfect goal anyway. Generally, I'd focus on conversions and sales, and the SEO is a bonus if you can get that to work as well. Now, a lot of the things I'm talking about are helping with SEO anyway, people commenting, mm. people staying on your site and internally navigating with related posts and clicking through to your products. It really lowers the bounce rate. It, it uh, increases time on site. If you compress your images and stuff, then the site's going to load quickly. And mm -hmm. absolutely get it on the fastest server you can. Like we, uh, th This was a side discovery, but we've been developing customer sites and we noticed when they go from our test server back to the customer site, uh, they would go from one or two seconds to load up to 16, 17, 19 <laughs> seconds on these crappy resellers. Yeah. And, and the customer was saying, why is my site so slow? Uh, now that you've finished it, when it was really fast, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. looking at the draft, and and now so we just offered server, we just offered server and hosting after that because it made sense. So above the fold, below the fold, you know what's most important is that the call to action is in the right place for where you need the call to action. Mm -hmm. I don't really need someone to scroll to the bottom of my page to click on a products tab, um, but maybe on the products tab, I need to do more explaining before I ask them to go to the next step. But maybe not. So I think that you. If you can have the most important thing that you need to happen above the fold, even if that's only the best compelling headline you can possibly come up with that leads them into that greased pole or the slippery dip as the copywriters call it, <laughs> then that's what has to be visible because you don't get uh, much of a chance when someone lands on the page. They're making a quick decision about if this is the right page that they're supposed to be on or not. I think that whole call to action thing, mate, is so important. Yeah. Again, many small business owners that I see don't um, have a call to action on a page. They don't ask themselves for every single page on their website, what do I want people to do as a result of being on this page? And that could be to share it. It could be to sign up. It could be to buy something. It could be to pick the phone up and call. It's like, what do you want people to do? 
And at what point is it the best time to ask them to do it? Is it the top? Sometimes I think having a call to action at the very top is a bit like walking into a, into a room, a networking event and saying, hey, g'day, buy from me, as opposed to, you know, a little bit of foreplay, dare I say, um, before then asking for, asking for the sale. So, yeah, call to action, really, really important to consider and to where to place. And please, if someone rings the phone, like, have someone answer it. Ah, oh, <laughs> if you can. That's crazy. Come on. You know, like I've worked with customers, Wacky. and we get the site fine, and then the phone just rings. Yeah. You know, and they talk about large companies. So here's my last tip right to make things simple. You don't have to make your own content if you don't want to. Ooh. And I did a little experiment the other day. I was cruising Facebook, and I saw a video on Facebook that really caught my attention. And it was very compelling, and even caused a little tear to come in the corner yeah. of my eye. Really? I thought, this is a good video. Just before I hit share. I, I, I gotta, I, well, you're not getting out of that easily enough. I'll come back to it, mate. Keep going. So just before I hit share, I thought, hang on a minute. Facebook are so damn clever. They're making it easy for me to share this stuff. What I did is I searched for the video title in YouTube, found it, copied the YouTube URL, went to my site, made a post. I called it. Emotional documentaries are powerful selling tools. I put a lead player version of the video in there. So I, I put the YouTube video into my lead player plugin. I generated some code and I pasted this video onto my site. And then I just put a couple of words around the video and then I hit publish. So now I've gone and got this original video from YouTube, embedded it into my site. And then I went to Facebook and shared my post and now I've had 79 shares, 43 comments, 12 tweets, and five Google Pluses. This is nice. linking back to my site, and this is people commenting on my site and sharing their stories. And then I emailed my customer list, and a lot of people said that was great. But here's the thing. I've got the most comments on my site for a video that I didn't even make. Yeah, I, I didn't film <laughs> it. I didn't produce it. I didn't upload it. I just went to, to YouTube and copied a link and pasted it into my lead player. And provided a commentary around Very it? short. It's just like two paragraphs. And later, the next day, I woke up and I read the commentary out and turned that into a little podcast, which has got to be uh, one, one minute 43 in length. It's very short. Um, <laughs> Tell me about the, um, what, uh, the lead player thing because lead player is uh, a, a piece of software that embeds a, a sign-up form in your video, correct? Yes. So, so why did you have you got have you embedded a sign-up form in someone else's video? Yes. Right. Is that a good? Is that kosher? Yeah, it's totally compliant with YouTube, apparently. Right. So, apparently, um, he it says. just gets well. Clay Clay Collins, who owns the software, has worked very closely with YouTube, and it doesn't cut anything off that they don't want cut off, but it just trims the player. It makes it look a lot smoother and, and neater. So and where have you – you're playing someone else's video. You're asking people to sign up for something to, to your list. How, yes. did you, where, how did you smoothly kind of bring the two together? Lead player. You just paste the YouTube. Oh, no, I mean from a message, a message point of view. Oh, it just pops up at the very end of the video if you'd like um, a free newsletter. So right. maybe it's not completely okay. congruent, but yeah. – you know, the main point is I like the lead player just to strip out all the YouTube gunk. I don't want to leak people back to YouTube. So right. it removes a lot of their paraphernalia all around the edge and it just leaves a play button. Uh, and it still has a little YouTube watermark and a link to the YouTube, but it's not as obvious as normal. How long did all that take you? 
Oh, two minutes. Two minutes to just go. Really? Like getting the video, uploading it to – oh, you just put the share code in lead player. Well, I did. No, well, I saw a video on YouTube. Yeah. I go, no, hang on. Facebook. That, uh, Facebook. That's probably on YouTube. Yeah. Found it. Copied the URL. Went to my blog. New, uh, put it into lead player. Got the code. Then said new post. Write a headline. Paste it. Publish it. Yep. It's about three minutes. Mm. Okay. Now, mate. Um, Let's say someone's really slow. They might spend half an hour. Yeah, yeah. They'll get. They'll get better. Finding a video on YouTube that is relevant yes. to their audience that they could tell a story about and paste it onto their site. So the 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 biggest point of all here, the one I want to make a huge emphasis on, is that. When you're playing on Facebook, you're playing their game. You're putting your content up there. You're sharing their you know, content that's already there with other people that are already there. It doesn't really help you in any way, shape, or form. You need to go out, get content, and put it on your site or create the content. So most people on this show listen to me talking about publishing your own content, which is very easy to do these days, I might add. But it's even easier to take someone else's and pop it on the page. Yep which is what I did in this case, and it was a super successful experiment, and I'll probably blend in some content from other people, and all I need to do to make that work is find a video on YouTube that allows embedding. Do you think it would be, uh, in terms of a split, um, I, I think always it will be better to create your own content. Um, so, you know, if we were to say a split on someone's blog of 80-20? It just depends how much you want to, to build your authority or your brand, but... I will tell you this, I had someone yeah. join my mastermind immediately after watching this video and that's because they found oh. it because someone shared it and they remembered me and they had seen my stuff before and and the powerful message in this particular post is uh, is strong. It allowed yep. me to link to my mastermind and to, to make a uh, common reference because this whole point of this post was about the best way to sell these days is to make stories and documentaries, not to run flash just stupid ads that everyone's sick of and hates. Mm. And I've got a documentary for my mastermind now instead of a sales video. And that sells. It's it's you know, I've had six or seven people join the mastermind in a week mm. because it's very moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do people see that, Jimmy? Uh, they just uh, go to silvercircle.com. In fact, right. that site's being redesigned now. So when the listener goes to that site, they'll see a very simple site, the less is more philosophy, this uh, perfection where there's nothing left to take away except for the basic elements and it's it's a nice, lean, clean site. So you'll see what I'm talking about there and making it easy well, for people to know what they should be doing. We said at the start, mate, you're a simple man. So now your site's <laughs> reflecting simple. it. That's a real compliment. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> it is. Mate, it absolutely is. Hey, um, well, I, we need to finish by uh, understanding what, what the hell this video is that made James Shremko cry. It's a video made by Chevy. They sent out a, a documentary crew to film this guy who had tracked down the Chevy that his dad used to own and then had to sell because he couldn't afford it. And, and they tracked it down for five years and across borders and everything and found it. And then they got dad down to the park. They, they wired him up with a mic and told him they're filming a little family documentary, you know, him swinging the kids on the swings. And then they rolled this Chevy in behind him in the park, you know, with the big V8. Yeah. And then he turns around and he instantly recognized that it was his car and, and his sons had bought it for him. And he hops in nice. and he adjusts the mirror and, uh, and he's just cruising. And, you know, it's a very emotional video, but it's 
super clever of a car company to tie the brand emotion and and it makes you think about your relationship with your parents and and um doing something nice for someone else it's just it's such a powerful story that's why it gets shared you've, you've hit i mean there's two things there uh, and they're massive things uh maybe we finish on on them and maybe talk about them in the next episode but emotion and story and um you know it's interesting that that video came from chevy big brand big budget big copywriters big agencies all that type of stuff so you know they should do that um it is harder for the small guys like us to craft something Yeah, I don't emotional. think it is though, Timbo. Oh, mate, really? Nah. You see? Well, well, can I just finish? Yeah. I, I half agree with you. I mean, I've um, there's a wonderful – I see it every now and then. There's a wonderful um, uh, crepe shop in Mossman and they, have, they tell their emotional story on the back wall of their kitchen, which is out in the main part of the restaurant or the cafe. They have their story on their menus on, on their website. It's about 200 words and it explains why they have a, a crepe shop. It's called Four Frogs and uh, it's run by four Frenchmen and that is emotional. So, you know, they've done a similar thing. I mean, it's really engaging. You kind of can't help but get involved. I, I don't see a lot of it though. No, it's not because people uh, are not aware of it. But when you say company like Chevy's got huge ad budgets and you know all this I don't think a lot of them would have been involved in this particular project I think you could film this project with you could film with your own camera and mic if you had to but I could tell you you could easily have this filmed for about two thousand bucks two to two to three thousand dollars will get you a professional with the camera for half a day with the mic and then edit it and deliver it to you and that's exactly what I do for my customers, I hire a documentary maker to go out there, craft an emotional story, film them. We end up with a two or three minute video, goes on the website, and it sells. And that's that's the new black. Yep. I'm telling you, this is where I'm I'm going. No, mate, it, it's it's actually the old black, but we forget it. Yeah. And um, with the introduction of content marketing and the ability to create content easily, there's a lot of people out there just creating content and very rational content. And some of it's great, some of it's boring, some of it shouldn't be there. But, you know, emotional marketing is, I mean, storytelling has been around for a long, long time. And uh, it's unbelievably powerful. And we can do it. It just, it does require time. I, I, I spoke to a guy maybe six weeks ago. I spoke at an event up in Sydney. He's a financial advisor out of Hobart. He um, He's big on video marketing. And what he does is once every three months, uh, he lives it down in Tassie in Hobart. And Tassie's, uh, it, things are a little bit cheaper down there. Um, but he spends 1400 bucks for a day to hire a cameraman and sound guy. And he produces 10 videos uh, on that day that he then drips feed, drip feeds across three months. And each of those videos has a really engaging story in it. So, for example, uh, he, he's got a video where he talks about are you, are you drowning in, superannu- in self-managed superannuation fund requirements? And he's actually standing in his suit and gumboots in the river, right? And yep. then he goes and talks about why you, why you, how you can avoid drowning and then the last shot is him standing next to a yacht that's been beached. I mean, I don't know how he found it, but he said, you know, what I wish for you is you don't end up high and dry. And that's emotion. There's a big idea in it, and it's emotional, you know. And again, it's um, we don't see a lot of it, but when we do, I mean, I think we all lean into that kind of stuff. Well, the main point is that, that this is the takeaway. 
for a couple of grand, you can make your own documentary that, that sells your business. That's, there you go. That's really the main point. And I think it's the future. So we we didn't start out with that topic, but we've ended up on it. Nice. This, has been, this has been good. Hopefully, we've simplified it. And and here's the point. If you've got a nice, simple, easy website to run, then it is the nice canvas for you to pop up these stories. You don't have to put a lot of content out. You've just got to do good content. It's kind of like free to motion, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Content kings. Jimmy, um, that's excellent, mate. Now, one of the things that um, and what we might do is finish up with the listener feedback that we got from Peter Zerka. Um, one of the things that Peter raises, he doesn't actually raise, he says, oh, you know, I love what you guys do. It's funny that I've never bought anything off you. Um, and likewise, we get that from a number of listeners, don't we, over the course of the last year yep. or two. Um, people, you know, we try to keep the sales pitch a bit low here, although you kindly asked how I how they contact contact me for keynotes. Um, we both have a forum. You can get onto James's forum. Where, whereabouts? What's the address? Fastwebformula.com. And you can get onto mine at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. So uh, there you go. If you want a bit more marketing love, uh, you can join either or both. We should have a, we have, we should have a dual package, mate, a, a JV, but uh, we don't. So there's a couple of places you can uh, get more of us. Well, they're so inexpensive, they could easily be a member of both. Correct, correct. Now, mate, uh, so we'll leave Peter Zerka. Uh, he sounds like a Melbourne fellow, or at least an Australian fellow. Left us some nice feedback, so we'll, we'll go out on that. Jimmy, you go and have a bloody ripper, ripper day and um, go easy on that mashed potato. High carbs. So, um, you know, you've been <laughs> sipping on some kind of green liquid while we've been talking. No, I had, bro- I had broccoli that was only just... Tight. It was almost raw. It was very crispy. You are a metrosexual, a (laughs) metrosexual in the making. Love your work, mate. See you next time. All right. See ya. G'day, James and Timbo. Pete Zerker here from Minor Detail. I've been a quiet listener since episode one of SBBM back in the day with Lukey, and I've come across to the Freedom Ocean and loving it. Hey, the waters are starting to get warmer for me with a move just today from Adelaide to Sydney. Just wanted to say a big thank you for the fantastic podcast you guys produce. You've both given away so much quality marketing advice for free. And now that I think about it, in fact, so much so that I haven't actually purchased anything from you. Anyway, guys, I'm helping my dad selling at a big orchid show here at St. Ives Showgrounds until Sunday. James, if you feel like taking the C63 for a spin, then it's a really nice event. Timbo, I know you're from Melbourne, but if you happen to be around Sydney... This weekend, then there's one for you as well. Anyway, guys, keep up the great work. Love how the conversations meander in the podcasts. Really learning a lot. And I'll catch you guys soon. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 